Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Second hour is here. Outkick 360 is back. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Back from Atlanta. Back from the SEC championship game of the weekend. Yeehaw beer, old smoky moonshine. Glad you're here as well. You can follow the show on Twitter. That's where you can interact with us, at Outkick360. Do the same and subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can find our podcast wherever you download the podcast. And daily, you can catch us in the Upper Cumberland on Sports Radio 104.7, right here in the Middle Tennessee area. Also, a shout-out to Fox Sports Shoals, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Florence, Alabama, Huntsville. Uh, We say hello to you. And Fox Sports Knoxville, where Tennessee will battle Purdue in the Transperfect Music City Bowl. We will preview that matchup a bit, give our thoughts on that matchup, and why Purdue makes a ton of sense for Nashville. Not just Tennessee, but Purdue. That's coming up in about an hour. Tonight, Monday Night Football. Bills, Patriots. And guys, um, I can't wait for this because we find out first, everyone. I think that I'm included in this. I said last week, we'll find out if the Patriots are for real because... And if Mac Jones can really continue this mistake-free type performance that he's put on, where they, he does exactly what's asked of him, we'll find out when they play when he plays Buffalo's defense. Well, hey, we also find out if Buffalo is for real here because Buffalo has also been up and down. That's the name of the game here in the AFC, and the most consistent team has been New England. Can New England do it on the road? And what's going to be terrible? Weather conditions. I was hoping for snow. Early last week, they were calling for an 80% chance on the seven-day forecast. It's down to 9. 9% chance of flurries with wind can, wind gust up to 65 miles per hour tonight. Will be it's wind. going to be in the mid to high 30s, unfortunately. It's going to be high well, that, wind. That sounds like the worst. If it was just rain in there also, that would be the worst conditions possible because you don't get the beauty of the snow and you get up to 60-mile-per-hour winds and mid to upper 30s, which will be freezing <laughs> with that wind. It's going to be an ugly game. The matchup of the league's top defenses, uh, points and first downs would be at a premium anyway, and given the win, win conditions, I mean, how far could Josh Allen throw a football with 60-mile-per-hour winds at his back? Uh, <laughs> really? 100 yards. Like, so like Joe Milton. Right. Yeah, he would He would look like Joe Milton just trying to throw a simple fade. It's a matter of whether the receivers are lined up with it's it It's your not. simple 20-yard route. You throw 80. That, that's what he would be doing. Both clubs. This should be uh, a good one. I, I hope it lives up to the billing and, and isn't a disappointment. Tied for second in the league. Both have 25 takeaways on the season. And uh, Buffalo has not lost a game in their division since 2019. That's the longest active streak. It's nine straight divisional games, and it's five games better than the next team on the list, which is Arizona. It's funny because it's not as impressive as it sounds if you think about the fact that the Jets suck, that the Dolphins have sucked, though they had their moments last year, and that the Patriots finally had a down year last year where they were beatable. 
So things have lined up nicely for Buffalo to finally go to the top of that division last year yeah. when on a down year for the Patriots. So this this game tonight, Hutton, as we're saying, so much at stake, but it's also like, are the Bills legitimately kings of this division or not? Did their, did their time atop this division last one season, or are they legitimately the team to be chased now? And it's not just now, tonight, but there's a rematch in three weeks. Yep. Uh, with these two teams playing in short order, a lot at stake in the AFC. Also, with everybody with uh, with three or four losses. So, how do you guys feel about it? I mean, I I think we will see a uh, New England's done nothing but tell me they're a consistent team. Buffalo is the opposite, and get, given the circumstances and the way that both teams have been playing, to me, they're they're this game is more impactful for Buffalo because they're the home team. Yeah, I find it hard to believe that somebody's not going to find a method to fluster Mac Jones. Buffalo, we talked repeatedly, they needed to solve two problems in the offseason, the run game and the pass rush. They did not solve the run game. That's very clear. They're deactivating Zach Moss. He's so bad. And they're playing yeah. uh, Breida in his spot to go with Singletary. But the pass rush, and I haven't looked at the numbers, but I know they've added good quality young talent there and they play a bunch of guys like 55 percent right how are their sack numbers i don't know but i would think these guys would be able to impact mac jones to speed things up for him some and on that i'm leaning buffalo i think it's a huge disappointment if buffalo does not win tonight yeah they've really sunk. this is this is they've already had a disappointing season where they just have some inexplicable performances Jacksonville game. Chiefly 9-6 to six loss to Jacksonville. But at home, with these conditions, with your defense, rookie and game. with Josh Allen versus rookie Mac Jones, right. you have to win this game. If New England wins this game, they're your division champs. It's over. And they're your daddy. They just went there Again. in 60-mile-per-hour wins on the lake in Buffalo in a game that should be all Buffalo with a fired-up atmosphere on Monday Night Football in one they are wrapping this division up if they win tonight. Buffalo, I think Buffalo will win, and they should win. And it's to me, it's going to be very disappointing if they yeah. don't get it done. And, and if, if New England wins tonight, their downturn will have lasted one damn season in that division. If, if what you're saying is true. If, if New England wins this game and pretty much takes a stranglehold on that division and then you know goes on to good things in the home rematch and everything, if you're a Buffalo fan, you're thinking, Brady left, and we took control of the division. For one whole season. Well, that is a shame on the rest of the AFC East, if that's allowed to happen. If this if this is actually just a one-year reprieve and now Mac Jones goes on to not match Tom Brady's career, but be a 10-year quarterback <laughs> that wins 10 straight divisions or 9 of 10. Or, yeah, 8 of 10, Then shame on the Jets, shame on the Dolphins, shame on the Bills for allowing that to happen. That's a failure of those three organizations, if, if that happens. What do you think's happening? I think New England's winning the game. New England's defense. Uh, we, so the national public, the uh, media, we, we discuss Buffalo still being in the hunt as the top team in the AFC, and we point to their defense. Their defense allows around 16 points per game on average, which is excellent. Second only to the New England Patriots that allow 15. You think this is like a 17 game? Yeah, and it's game? a kicking game. I, I, who, which kicker Nick at Falk. the end of the game Nick has the Falk. wind? Who's got the win? Well, whether he has the win or not, Nick Folk is money. 
and I don't know who the Bills kicker is off the top of my head, but I know he's not Nick Folk. Well, they, Mac, they're going to fluster Mac Jones. New England's very opportunistic. Buffalo's defense is too. Buffalo can't run the football. They haven't been able to establish the run. You pointed this out just a second ago, and that, that that's why I've said for the last couple of weeks, I don't think they're built for the postseason because tonight, tonight is tailor-made as an example of what the postseason will be like. Not weather conditions, but just time of year and impact on the game. you got to be able to run the football and stop the run and play solid defense. And Buffalo can do two of those things. New England can do all three. And New England can rotate guys in. Uh, they're very opportunistic. They take what you give them. Case in point, the Tennessee Titans ran for 270 yards on them as a team. That's the most we've seen from any team all year running the football. And the Patriots still won that game with ease. With a quarter and a half left to play, they ran up the score. Let's emphasize this, too. You know, for a lot of teams in the in this passing era and everything, you know, maybe not being able to run the ball that well is a little bit of a choice. If you play your home games in Orchard Park, New York, yeah. and this has been a multiple-year right. issue, that is really an indictment of Bean, and that's a good organization that, that, that has made a lot of good choices. But their failure to have a line and a back that can run when they play not just their home games in Orchard Park, but they're going to play annually in New England. They're going to play annually in New York. You know, yeah, you want the postseason to go through Buffalo, yeah, and when it, and the advantage you if right. you can run it, you have to be able to run it beyond your quarterback. And you're going on two years here where you've been a very good football team, and you haven't found the method to run it. That is a major, major strike against your organization and your building, as well as you've done being in McDermott. McDermott, that is a major fail. And if you fail to win this game, and if you fail to have control of this division a second year in a row. That's an indictment. And I, I know it doesn't necessarily always go conference to conference here. Buffalo, the way, the way they're built, like Josh Allen's best games, and this is just, uh, maybe it's just a fluke. His best games come against the NFC opponents. Yeah, they Throwing the football, where he's had like four touchdown passing games. And he's done that mainly against the NFC opponents. Uh, he has not been the Josh Allen we thought he would be this year. Right, he hasn't lived up to those type of expectations. Now's the time to turn it on. Kansas City is putting their foot on the gas. It's time for Buffalo to do the same if they're going to reach the expectations that we had for them. And look, that's good. I mean, you go ahead and beat those NFC teams, but if you're beating the NFC teams, you have to run away like that, right? Their conference record is five and four. Buffalo, that's not good. So if your conference record is going to be five and four, your record record has to be better right. than everybody else, and it's not. They're seven and four. If they win tonight, they're tied with New England at eight and four, and all they've got is a tiebreaker, and they're also tied with Baltimore and Tennessee. If you're beating up on the NFC, it has to get you better than everybody else in the regular win loss, because you're not going to beat them on conference tiebreaker. Should be a great uh, game and a solid broadcast, whichever one you choose. The Manning cast is back tonight. Oh, and we, Chad and I were talking about, so you know the guests? Oh, yeah. Letterman. Letterman, Letterman we agreed, is either going to be fantastic, which I pray or for. I love David painfully Letterman. awkward. But that delay. delay that we've been talking about and the audio problems, Dave's awkward as mm. it is. Yeah. And if you've got those long pauses where you're interrupting, no, you talk, no, I talk, no, he talks, could be bad. 
But I want Dave to be great. It's going to be an extreme. It's not just going to be okay. It's going to be either great or awful with, with Letterman. And the I other one that, that I know of right now, Keep to Leave. He's really good. His podcast is excellent. Yeah. And I've listened to it a couple of times. It's really good. Is he as good at, in the color commentary role as people make him out to be? I've only heard a little bit, and I don't think it's as fantastic as people make it out to be. Uh, Joe Buck is also a guest tonight. Nice. All right. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, but here, here's what I, my thoughts on the Manning. Get a couple of Fox guys. I tune into the Manning cast when it's just them. Uh, I don't have to watch those interviews live. Like I, I'd rather watch the game than listen to those interviews back and forth and try to keep up with what's going on. Well, tonight is kind of the first time. This is such a big game. I'll feel a little bit like that. But I'll watch Letterman live no matter what. He's first quarter guest, I believe, based on the schedule. They normally the first guest they announce. Is the, the first guess. Yeah, first they guess. go in order. It's also another week where they don't have an active player. Some of the some of the riders are buying into the fact that guys aren't going on because the, whenever they go on that week, they lose. So stupid. They believe in jinxes. <laughs> I guess. Like they believe show. in jinxes. I um, take a Jim Kelly. Man, Manny Diaz in Miami believes that uh, he was done wrong, and he has spoken. Now he has released a statement, and it is, uh, it's strong. Did this play out the way that it was indicated? Like it was his job we're, we're unless gonna, Crystal Ball took it? it? We're going to talk about Manny it. Manny Diaz, sure. uh, former defensive coordinator at MTSU, great guy. But uh, when we come back, I'll also explain how what goes around comes around. That's next on Outkick 360. Good tease. Mario Cristobal ditches Oregon. For Miami, for the U, Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. And this has been going on for a, a while. And according to reports, Manny Diaz, the former, once current, now former uh, head coach at Miami, was out on the recruiting trail knowing this was all going on, knowing that if Cristobal signed the extension that Oregon um, reportedly made to him on Friday... Upwards of $8 million. It was an offer that was reported uh, to be upwards of uh, what Mel Tucker received at Michigan State. Uh, eight and a half plus. It, it, Manny Diaz knew about this, according to the reports, and was still hitting the recruiting trail and then was called off the recruiting trail. When that happens, and you don't take the flight to the West Coast to go recruit a player, writing's on the wall. You know, you know Cristobal's on his way to Miami to become the new head coach. and uh, The way it was handled is weird. It's awkward. Unfortunately, this happens. Urban Meyer and Ohio State at the time was very public back and forth courtship. But this sounded like if if Cristobal didn't take it, Diaz was keeping his job. That's what. It, yeah, they were just going to either default or. to right. him keeping the job. And there there are arguments to be made that he he should have had the right to keep his job. They were twenty one and fifteen, but they finished third in the ACC last year. They had a ton of injuries this year, and they still seven regrouped and, pretty seven well. And five. Yeah. yeah, and a rough start to the season, and uh, they had some just... He's not a bad They coach. had some really uh, tough losses. I remember the game to Virginia on a missed kick, you know, early in the season at home. They had some really close losses. They re- regrouped well and finished 7-5. I, 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 will, I will say, though, and I, I like Manny. He, uh, he was very cool with me 15, 20 years ago when he was in the Middle Tennessee area. Um, and every we, we see each other friendly. But I, I would say Manny. Like, what goes around comes around, man. You, you you took the Temple job. You're the defensive coordinator at Miami. You took the Temple, your head coach of the Owls, for 18 days. Not I, I, I thought it was like two or three hours. It, it turns out it was 18 days. And then Mark Richt up and retires. 
uh, a coach that you were there with <laughs> up and retires randomly, and you ditch Temple after 18 days as their head coach to become the Miami coach. Now, I get it. Coaches would do that. You have a chance to go back home. His father, by the way, is the former mayor of Miami. Cristobal has a ton of ties to Miami as well, which we'll get to. But point being, you did it because it was a situation that you could not refuse. Cristobal's doing the same thing. And that's part of the business here. It's a dirty, shady business. So to act all disgusted by this, what were you expecting with all the reports that Mario Cristobal was being courted by the Miami Hurricanes. And I've got the statement here from Manny Diaz, just some of the things that he said, Hutna, about this. Uh, he begins by saying, I'm disappointed in the university's decision and the manner in which this played out. Over the last few weeks, the uncertainty impacted our team, our staff, and their families. These are real people that gave everything to this program. For that, for them, I hurt. I would follow up to say, did you take every single assistant with you that you had hired at Temple <laughs> at that point? Because those are real people and real families also. Uh, when you made that move. Uh, he finishes by saying, I'm incredibly grateful to the dedicated group of loyal supporters that have been steadfastly behind the program, to our incredible staff who embraced every challenge without blinking. Thank you. With the foundation in place and the new resources being introduced, which I found funny, I have no doubt that the future is bright for this program. Most importantly, to each and every player who gave their, their all for this program over the last three years, I love you and will always support you in every possible way. He does not thank Miami. He does not think the administration does not think anyone who hired him that is on purpose because he is pissed off at all those people and the university. And I understand that anger uh, in how this was handled. It's also on purpose that he puts in there with these new resources being instituted. I'm sure you're going to have a lot more success now moving forward. And he says there should be a breakthrough 2022 season, putting all the pressure on Mario Cristobal, hey, I've recruited you all these great players. You're getting all the money now, hot shots. You better go out and have a huge... The, no one should be surprised when the wins go up big in 2022 with what I've built and now what you're inheriting. I mean, I, I feel badly for him, but I don't like the hypocrisy. So, I mean, it's all well, weaved it's, into the fabric of the sport, like you said. Huh? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's just the name of the game in today's college football world. Like, it... Miami is back in the business of paying big bucks and they're paying big bucks. They're going to give uh, upward. Stuart Mandel is saying that uh, Cristobal is getting 8 million a year, roughly on average. And, and who knows, there's probably some other things thrown in the contract that make it more than that. Um, they're going to pay a $9 million buyout to Oregon on his contract. And they're also going to pay seven to $8 million to Manny Diaz to leave. So that, they're fine stroking the check. And here's why they're fine stroking that check. The Athletic put out that up until recently, the, the resources that Manny Diaz is pointing to, resources he did not have at Miami. Miami cut off payment to the program. The Athletic program had to fund itself, basically. Uh, they allocated funds. that the, the once allocated funds to the program, sent, they, they sent had to cover all expenses on their own. But... The, they, the recent success of Miami's U Health system, which made more than $400 million in profits last year alone, promises from big-time boosters and donors to back upgrades at Miami, the school has since changed its stance on funds allocated to the athletic program. Go figure. Yeah. They get a boatload of money. They're swimming in it. 
here's here's a cut. Here's a big piece of the pie to make the U return. And they're going to get a guy who played for the program. Diaz coached the program. Getting a guy that played for the program, uh, who grew up in Miami, who has coached in Miami for Florida International. I mean, he is as connected to Miami as you could possibly have, and he's coached at a very high level. The question is, Chad, can he go win at Miami the way he was expected to go win at Oregon? Because I'm here to say, the Pac-12 is not that hard to win, and Mario Cristobal couldn't win it. He got boat raced by Utah twice over the last three weeks. He had to win, and he couldn't. I had a great win out of conference. Why don't more people come after Kyle Whittingham? I mean, that's a guy who has an identity with what he does. Uh, I've always thought about that. That's an aside of, with Utah, but yeah. I, I've always liked Kyle Whittingham and the job he's done there. He's been very consistent. Uh, I'm not overly sold on Mario Cristobal. I do think that if he's ever going to succeed at a playoff caliber level, mm-hmm. it's at Miami. It's that, that area. That's, that's where yeah. he has the ties. He's a two-time national champion winner player there in 89 and 91. Uh, he's recruited that area well. He obviously knows the ins and outs. He's going to know the people cutting the checks to Miami. I think he's got a great shot to do well there. But I'm with you, Hutton. He has not been overwhelming at Oregon. He's done a good job. He transformed what was a very finesse, some would say soft program, into more of a hard-nosed running attack with SEC-looking players. But outside of Kayvon Thibodeau, they don't have a lot of SEC players at Oregon he's right 35 now. 35 and 13. They're, they're going to need SEC caliber so players bad. at Miami. Well, that, that's what that's they're going to need. There. That, no, that's not great. That's not great in the Pac-12. Yeah. So I mean, who's I, the guy there now? Because obviously, with the Phil Knight deal, you've got some 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 facilities there. You've oh, got yeah. fan interest. We've talked about there are only what three programs out there that people give a damn about uh, uh, currently, anyway, and that sure as heck is one of them. So it's an attractive job. Cristobal went out there because. It was yeah, an there's, attractive there's, job. there's resources. Um, I saw someone in our YouTube chat, by the way, you can watch us on YouTube if you would like, that said, this is where Tennessee gets screwed. <laughs> oh, this, no. this is where they get surprised. <laughs> oh, no. Josh Heifel goes to Oregon. Oh, this that, is, that style of offense? This is going to be where uh, everyone, it's a sneak attack. You were thinking about Oklahoma the whole time, Never and mind. then it'll be, no, it's not going to be. He's, he's not leaving Tennessee. Um, I have that on good authority. But um, also, I want to hit this tweet from Gene Chizik. Gene Chizik retweeted the whole Manny Diaz story at at Miami and says, if true, this is the most disrespectful and dysfunctional leadership I've seen. You've got coaches on the road selling your university. Total embarrassment. Drop a set, (laughs) call the man in, keep him or fire him, but don't conduct business in such a dishonorable manner. Jeez. Gene Chizik, by the way, took a job at North Carolina under Mac Brown as defensive coordinator and retired after a signing day. Helped them recruit These guys their just university, right? And then he said, you know, I want to spend more time with my family. But he did it right after signing day. After recruiting kids to go to that university saying he was going to be there. I don't think he told them, I'm retiring. I honestly Even think- if he knew that. And, and this goes back to Hutton's point. You're all in the dirt here. Yes. Like let's not when when the when the when the bull bucks back and kicks you, you can't play this righteous. I have never been treated such a way. You're getting paid millions. And coaches have administrations by the you know what. So I'm not going to sit here and cry crocodile tears when the administration somewhere says, "No, we're going to control this." 
And because you would leave us in a heartbeat or anyone else would, or you would hold our feet over the fire to get a raise when someone comes after you, we're not going to feel that bad about having you guys out on the road recruiting for us while we try to sign a better coach. This is, this is not the same thing. But th- these guys' inability to remember what they said, Herb Street, during the unveiling of the college playoffs when Cincinnati's unveiled at four, said, oh, I, I thought this <laughs> I thought this couldn't happen. Everybody said this couldn't happen. When Herb Street, earlier this season, when Cincinnati was at five, said, now don't think, Justin, just if somebody falters ahead of them, don't think Cincinnati just automatically moves up and gets this spot. There's a lot of scenarios where Cincinnati couldn't get this spot. And then he's playing this sanctimonious, like, uh, uh, sarcastic thing. Do these people not remember what they said? I think that, I think that a lot of them, when it happens to so many guys, some of whom we know Herb Street a little bit. I think Herb Street's a good guy. I think they forget what they said or, or have some ability to disconnect it in their brain and not realize they're being hypocrites in the moment. I really do. Otherwise, there's just too many hypocrites around me, and I can't. I don't want to live well, in that I, world. I think with so Herb I convince Street, myself I, they just. I think the Herb Street thing is kind of a bad example because with what Herb Street believes, you know, he's saying, "Well, don't think just because someone loses, they're automatically going to be there." He's right when he says that, and it's true. He is going back at detractors like me that would say ESPN isn't going to allow it. They're going to get the best possible TV matchup, and they're going to find a way to, keep, to manipulate to it to do it. Out. That's him defending his boss. Oh, everybody said that no way that the committee and the, the ESPN is going to allow someone in. So that's him fighting back at people like me who would say, and I'm, I'm shocked. I thought they would still find a way to argue Notre Dame belonged in over Cincinnati or, or Baylor does or you know name the team. Um, that's more of him fighting back and being a good company man and fighting back against people that say that ESPN manipulates everything, which, by the way, ESPN does. They're the ones who helped orchestrate Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC. They're behind every decision I get that's what out you're there. Saying. You get my but they did what's right. With, they these, did what with, these, right. Yeah. with these coaches, that so many of them are able to do it, suggests to me, I don't know that we could be surrounded by that many hypocrites. Well, it's, There's it's, some kind of brain disconnect. They turn it off or something. Well, Dabo Sweeney's a great example. Right when the NIL stuff started, remember before he I said, coach. "I don't, I don't think I can coach college football if this if if this legislation right. is enacted." I, then, I think you're completely taking away the spirit of the game. And then he had no problem coaching. And Dabo Sweeney now maybe again a bad example because he's been at Clemson for a long time and got elevated, and he's not leaving for other jobs. But when you look at that industry, I can't sit here and and just applaud any coach who's left one job for another for more money or more status when they go get on their high horse and start preaching to everyone else. You want the odds from FanDuel on the next coach at Oregon? Yes, please. Hold on. I want to see if Chad could guess. Get, oh, give I know. Us, I give mean, us, it, fight you know what I right now. You it's know not, it's Well, fight it off. I think there's one pretty obvious one that everyone's going to, to link up, and that's Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly right now is the Vegas favorite to be the next head coach and at Oregon. That is ridiculous. Because he has not done that. Well. He's on the hot seat at UCLA. Plus 150. Had success. Jack. Justin Wilcox, plus 500. That's a good one. And he's uh, a uh, he's another one of the cultural misfits right now at Cal, which I argue that's because he likes football. If you're a football right. coach who cares most about football, you are a cultural misfit at Cal 
who is parading around as a Power 5 program right now, and they don't really care that much about football. An interesting one for me. Chris Peterson, plus 800. Bet a dollar to win $8. Uh, Fanduel.com slash OK360. Chris Peterson, plus 800. Can I give you an off-the-wall one that I would absolutely contact? Kellen Moore. He may get an NFL job, but the Cowboys offensive coordinator who played quarterback at Boise State, he is from that area. Yeah. And if I'm Phil Knight and Nike... Oh. And I want to get some offensive firepower well, back on. at Oregon. That's a, that's a guy I, I talk that, to. I think, I think your option's a better option. But speaking of Boise State, look around the SEC West, look Brian around, Harson. Look around. Look around, Brian oh, Harson. That's true. Yeah. Look around. Uh, you get out of you get out ahead of the firing squad. Plus one thousand. He, he's Brian, Brian Harson, oh. the former Boise State. He mentioned Boise State's yeah. quarterback yeah. and Matt Campbell, who was always going to mention in any coaching coach. search. Uh, plus a thousand. Auburn is in the Birmingham Bowl, by the way. <laughs> at six That's and six. Exciting. I was I was <laughs> looking today at some of the uh, the game being played in Dallas. Long road trip. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to get that. We were trying to get the Texas Bowl out of Texas. Yeah, the Texas Bowl is uh, to it, Birmingham. Yes. Do you guys still have a hard time saying the corporate name of the bowl? Yes. Like that's the Birmingham Bowl. I see it here as the protective. Sorry. <laughs> no, this, that, that, it, that's Bowl? the stadium it's at. I thought the Birmingham Bowl was that actual, they're just promoting the city. This is the uh, ticket smarter Birmingham Bowl, but at least it still has Birmingham Bowl in it. It didn't completely, like the Gator Bowl became the Tax so Slayer Bowl. It's not even the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. It's Gator just the Tax Slayer Bowl. Changed so much with all this. Um, Brent Venables to Oklahoma. If you wanted any confirmation that Bob Stoops is running the search... And he, you know, he, he, at the, at the presser, when Lincoln Riley left, Stoop said he was back because he's a program guy. Well, he went and got a guy that is not a lifer of the program, but spent 15 years coaching with Stoops and loves Oklahoma football. By the way, Oklahoma doesn't need that much time to prepare for things because Stoops was on set before, before the uh, Big 12 game. They had six guys on their panel, six. Oh, My TV wasn't wide enough to fit they them. Like, they like a big desk. They have, yeah, people they have like big spread desks. out. Yeah. Um, as many people as possible. Brent Venables, though, he is, why, why did so many programs pass on him? Or did he pass on those programs? I, th- that's, that's the story I don't know. Because he has been mentioned in uh, the last five years or so, mentioned in some SEC jobs. Uh, he's been brought, I mean, he would be brought up periodically for the Tennessee position. Even when coaches were on the hot seat, you, they have a hot list of, of names. But he always stuck with Dabo. And recently, within the last couple of years, mended the, the, the fence with, with Stoops. Apparently, whenever that, whenever that ended, it did not end well. Uh, whenever he left to go to Clemson. And they, they repaired their relationship the last couple of years, and now he's the next head coach at Oklahoma. Josh Heupel's not because they haven't talked in years. Turned out all right Stoops for and him. Whatever, whatever the delay was, well, they've he wound been o- up in a prime spot. They've been okay in, they've been okay in hiring the coordinator. I, 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 I did think about... Bob Stoops to Lincoln Riley, now this. I did think about, this. though, and I, last week I gave the Fulmer comparison... This feels a lot like a Jeremy Pruitt hire where you've got Fulmer comes in and gets the guy he wants and Stoops comes in and gets the guy he wants. Yes, there are parallels. It's hard not to think about that. Hopefully he won't go with the babushka. Yeah, hopefully there won't be a reason to wear the babushka uh, anytime soon. But no, it's, uh, it's underwhelming. 
That's the word I keep coming back to when I think about Brent Venables. For Oklahoma, it's underwhelming. And immediately I just think, who's his offensive coordinator going to be? Right. That's my first question. You bring in, I mean, this, this is a program known for offense. Even under Bob Stoops, who's a defensive guy, known for offense. Lincoln Riley, known for offense. You hire a defensive coordinator, fine, if he's the right CEO for your program. Who is he attracting to be the offensive coordinator? Who's the Lincoln Riley type hire, the young hotshot that you're going to bring in to have a powerful offense at Oklahoma? I, I think, you know, look, all these programs won with huge names, right? LSU got somebody you never would have expected. USC got somebody you never would have expected. You expect these guys to do well with these big names. And Oklahoma certainly didn't win the press conference. But, you know, maybe the guy surprises and does well. Proof is, well, comes when he does it. But the, a great example of winning, not winning the press conference and just getting the right guy is Josh Heupel. Yes. And, and Tennessee didn't win that press conference either. They just said, oh, the, the former AD got the head coach that he, was, that he hired there, brought him with him. Great. Because he couldn't get the guy who wanted. But it turned out to be the perfect hire. And we know that within months of him coaching games. And th- this can work out, too. If you know your guy, you identify the coach that you really like, and you go get him, great. And in Oklahoma, to Oklahoma's credit, they don't have to do this very often. So. Yeah. And, and didn't know much about Heupel's defensive coordinator either, right? No, in fact, we thought nothing. the defense would be horrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, they made a run at uh, Marcus Freeman at one point. I mean, he was, he, you know, he was swinging for the fences with defensive coordinator, but they didn't know who they were going to get. Brent Venables is only 50 years old. I thought he was much older because he's been mentioned for jobs for so long. Well, and he's been a he's been a not a household name. He's been a defensive coordinator that you could name on one hand across college football because he's been a defense coordinator since '99. Well, also because wow. he looks crazy. I mean, the first thing we think about Brett Venables yeah. is just looking like a psychopath on the sideline with uh, you know armbands on and eyeballs, burge, uh, uh, busting out of his head the whole time. Who looks but, crazier, him or Belichick's kid? Uh, Venables. Venables. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Venables. Venables uh, looks like a tough contest Venables to win. Just like a lot of football coaches. Looks like he did a Red it's, Bull IV before he took the field. It's just rare that you see a national championship winning coordinator be a coordinator for that long and wait for the so job. You start to think well, the argument wrong. is you know, if you're Brent Venables or in his camp, your argument to counter that is we were never just going to take any job. There was, you know, one well, of a handful of jobs that we would have accepted. That's great. To be head coach, and it had to be the right spot, and Oklahoma is that spot. But for that's him, what, that's what they're going to try to sell. But for him, it had to be a year where Oklahoma got slapped and were given the middle finger. Because if, and that's also part of his scenario in this case. Because if not for that, he's not the coach. They had the chance to hire him whenever Stoops left, and they knew it was going to be Lincoln Riley. Uh, Jay Carey in the chat, by the way, says Jeff Levy at Ole Miss played at Oklahoma. That's the obvious oh, yeah. guy that, you that, go try to pay more no, than Ole that, Miss. No, they're linked together. Yeah. They're linked together. That um, would be great. I, I'm, I'm for that, but that setup. That was linked together whenever the job initially opened, and we brought that up on the show, and we said, if that's the case, go ahead and bring him in. And they, they're and maybe he already has assurances that they've got a price for him and he can make that yeah, happen. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the, they're a package deal. If that's the case, See, he's not that'll calling be solid. Place for- yeah, he is. He's calling plays? Yeah. He's so good that Kiffin handed over his play calling duty to him. Well, that's He's very good. good. He is very good. Coming up, the very good from week 13 in the NFL, our top performers from the weekend. And, oh, there's a uh, 
<laughs> There's a Tom Cruise lookalike at the top of the list, I oh, believe. Yes. yes. That's next on Outkick 360. Time for our top performers from the NFL weekend, or like we call it, the standing ovation from the NFL weekend. Week 13 happened on Sunday. Final game tonight, by the way, Bills and Patriots on Monday Night Football. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, It starts with Gardner Minshew. Jalen Hurts, he's out. Unable to play. Minshew steps in for the first start since week one of last year, I believe, is what I was reading. I think so. I thought he'd started more games than that, but he didn't. And, man, did he play well. Like he, early, It's early in these seasons, even in Jacksonville, there is a fire and a moxie to him that is infectious. It's hard, to, it's hard not to watch. It's a lot like what we're seeing in Washington quite frankly. But Minshew's just got this uh, swagger to him, this Easy cockiness. to root for, tough to look away from him when he's playing. He does have that, that vibe about and him we that you can't turn away from. we talked about this when they dealt for him. What an ideal backup because what you want, your team sags when the starting quarterback goes out. When your guy comes in off the bench, you need productivity, but you also lose energy. And this guy is a lightning bolt. He knows how to make a grand opening. And now, albeit it's to the Jets, but that that is a great victory for the Eagles, who continue just to stay on track. I mean, they they continue this shape. streak of really strong play. They have now won twelve straight games over the New York Jets. I mean, they just completely own them. And here's Minshew, who's twenty of twenty five with two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a quarterback rating of one thirty three. Hey, and if you endear yourself to Eagles fans at the beginning, you are doing it right. They're going to love you or hate you off that first performance. He bought himself a lot of time and goodwill. And did you see the video with his dad post game? I didn't oh, see it. I think yeah. you yeah. saw it, right? It was awesome. It is great. I, I watched that thing multiple times. Uh, I mean, the the energy between father and son. And, you know, they're, they're, he's shoving him and excited. He comes up behind him and, and taps him on the shoulder. His dad turns around. He's like, Ah, yeah, yeah. And you know, just get pumped up together, yeah. and they hug for a while, right. and then, and there's no real words. She's just, yes, yes, we did it. Yes, 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 and then another hug. It was <laughs> it was great. Uh, it, and it's exactly what you'd expect from Gardner Minshew. Oh, and he's dread- oh, by the way, the the tease was the the top performer, the guy that looks like uh, uh, Tom Cruise, it's like uh, Pete he, Mitchell, Maverick. He's from dressed, Top Gun. yeah, he's dressed as Maverick from Top Manchu. Gun. And Chad, he dressed as that for yeah, he was a jet pilot. They were playing the New York Jets, so he Very wanted simple. to go as a, a jet pilot. I didn't put two and two together. I got to give full credit to Chris Sims on Football Night in America who said that. He's like, you get the, you get the tie-in, right? It's the Jets. He's a pilot. He's going to be the pilot that day. That's why he showed up looking like that. I said, oh, that, that makes sense. Scott Hansen. Didn't even on, think about it. I thought he was a big Top Gun fan. Scott Hansen on, on Red Zone joked. They must be really fired up for the Top Gun movie coming out. Yeah, which we still don't know when it's going to come yeah. out. We <laughs> it's we it's been pushed back for two years. I think he's gonna, Memorial gonna, Day now is the latest uh, start date for if it. If Vinci's dressing up for Halloween uh, every week, I'm intrigued by his next uh, costume. Who are they playing? Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Go right ahead, well, he's going to predict. He's going to predict the next, the next <laughs> mascot. He's going to come as a monument. What if he just went as Daniel Snyder? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
He's got Washington. Washington at Philly. Warthog. Uh, and that's coming up in a two weeks. So I don't know Hertz's uh, injury status. He was out last week. And Paul, I failed to, to, to look at the injury uh, situation. That's on me last week. I we were wondering too. why the, the spread was what it was. And they weren't Philly. bad, by the way. They scored 37. The high team was 38. Or no, 41. And I hit the high-scoring game, and I somehow didn't bet on it. Uh, it was Chargers, Bengals. And you hit both of your picks. It was just fantastic. Yeah, uh, upset picks of the week. We had the Steelers, Steelers winning outright, and then and Washington, Washington winning on the road at Vegas, 17-15. It was um, an iffy non-pass interference call there late. Yes. yes. I was in a state that didn't allow online wagering so i didn't get any of those bets in had to get those in early saved yourself some money had to get those in early no, we, uh, had we had a good week we, <laughs> we had, had a good week huttons. We had jonathan week. taylor uh hey congratulations frank reich for turning around and handing the football to jonathan taylor yesterday uh who ran all over the texans hard not to i mean with how bad they were they they win easily uh, 31 nothing was the final score yesterday in houston in front of about what looked to be fifteen thousand fans at nrg stadium jonathan taylor though reintroduces himself to everyone after he went 27 straight plays the previous week against Tampa where he didn't touch the football. He ran for nearly 140 yards, scored a couple times, and here's the top back in the NFL uh, also pacing the way for touchdowns scored on the season. 143, two touchdowns. 143. Strong performance. And uh, finally, I just lumped in everyone personally for me, the Kansas City defense. The Kansas City defense over the last six or seven weeks – has just turned it up a notch. This is reminiscent of what they did in 2019 on their way to the Super Bowl win. And KC played better defense yesterday than Denver's defense. Denver's defense was very good. They they held Mahomes. Mahomes looked awful at times. I mean, the quarterback rating was really, really bad. But what Kansas City did, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, they were targeted 11 times in the game. They caught three passes for 24 yards combined. Really good. That That's excellent work by KC. Here's one point I had on, on stats this, this weekend. We love quarterback with big passing yardage because we all play fantasy. Jimmy Garoppolo had 299 and four other quarterbacks with 300 or better. Tom Brady won with 368. Kirk Cousins lost with 340. Justin Herbert won with 317. Joe Burrow lost with 300. Jimmy Garoppolo lost with 299. Three of the top five yardage quarterbacks lost. Mm. Garoppolo's an interesting storyline to watch because the 49ers lost this past week to Seattle. It's a bad loss bad for them, loss. and they had been hot. They go on the road at Cincy this coming week. If they drop that game, it's Trey Lance time. Agree. I would agree with that. They'll, they'll be about done. And Joe Burrow and the Bengals need to recover. That was a very good win by the Chargers and what, what to me was the game of the day yesterday going in. And uh, Cincinnati did start to close, and then they lost a crucial fumble that, uh, that the Chargers took to the end zone. And Burrow's got the pinky problem now. Yeah. Dislocated pinky that he had. The, everybody's seen the What's video the now where he throws that? and he's – in anguish after throwing the football at one point during the game on the sideline, trying to test it out. I'm looking forward to those teams playing a lot in the next seven to ten years and that becoming a quarterback matchup. The Bengals and the Chargers, a game that never meant anything to anybody, being kind of a Colts-Patriots deal. Tom Brady owns Atlanta. 
He is 10 and 0 against the Atlanta Falcons for his career. And he's got what nine touchdowns in the two games this year where he threw for nine touchdowns. Um, I mean, and, and here's a, a, a stat from Stathead on Twitter. He is 21 and 10 when he throws 50 or more passes in a game. No quarterback in NFL history other than Tom Brady has more than five wins when attempting 50 passes or more. Because He's 21 and 10. Because you're almost always trying to catch up. If you're throwing that many passes, you're you're throwing big. And Godwin had court. like 16, 17 catches. We were yesterday. walking around downtown Atlanta on Saturday going to the SEC Championship, and Hutton turned to me and said, Tom Brady's coming to this town today. He's going to be right around here. Brady will be in town to tonight. Tom Brady's going to be right around here. I was like, what restaurant do you think he's going to? Not the one we were at. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. More coming on Outkick 360.